Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. There's a new novel out in stores right now. It's written by Shayla Faulkner. It's called Dawn of Transcendence. Really happy that Shayla is sitting right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. We get to chat all about this book. Shayla, thanks for being here. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you here. I'm excited to talk about this book, Dawn of Transcendence. Can you tell me what it's all about? Well, it takes place for a girl named Brayden Monroe, and pretty much is a journey for self-discovery. And she's recovering from a heartbreak, and she thinks that the stuff that's happening to her is contributing to stress and anxiety or just teenager stuff, but it's not. It's actually of supernatural nature. Mm-hmm. And she finds out that she has to discover who she is and accept who she is and her destiny ahead. Shayla, would you say then that readers of supernatural fiction would be fans of this? Yes, they're definitely be intrigued by it, and it has a lot of fantasy elements in it. And it's caged towards the young adult fantasy. That's what I wrote it for. And it's something that I myself would read if I weren't the author (laughs) of it. Because I think that's why I write fantasy because I love it. Because you can go to a different place, go to a journey. You don't have to be in the mundane area that or life that you're living or if it is mundane. But to me, mine is kind of so. That's why I love fantasy. So those who are enjoying fantasy can take a ride on the story. Yeah, that's pretty profound, Shayla. I've heard that before. Write a book that you would want to read yourself. So I think that's great. Absolutely. Write a book that, not that I'm saying this will, but hopefully it will. Confident. <laughs> write a book that you want to see on TV. That's what, I, that's what I did the whole time when I was writing this book. I wrote stuff out that I would, like, if you can actually see it being played physically in front of you, and you can enjoy that ride and all the elements, whether it be happiness, sadness, anger, suspense. I would think you should write like that as you want to see it unfold right in front of you, as if you're watching a movie. I love it. Shayla, where'd you get the idea for this? How are you inspired to write this story? The story has a lot of Greek elements in it, because I would say Greek mythology kind of influenced me. It's not based completely in Greek mythology, but it has a lot of Greek elements. Hmm. This story, I just kind of came up with it on my own, to be honest. It just, I kind of felt like, you know, what was it like to live a life that honestly you don't know is yours or where you come from and to always questioning your identity as a person or as a female in that matter. And then find out that the life that you're living or the life that you have lived is not truly the life that was set out for you. So that would be kind of cool to see it unfold. And I love to write the story and I love the twists and turns that I put in the story as well. So honestly, I get that question a lot. Like what what made you write the story? I was like, I don't know. I did something that you said, write a story. And it's <laughs> kind of just wrote a story and the idea just kind of just plucked out of my head. Once you started getting those ideas and you sat down to write, how long did this take you from that first step clear up until you published it? 
the reason why I started writing is like, well, I've always been imaginative myself because being an only child, that's kind of how I learned to entertain myself. Mm. Always had an imagination. And then one day, a friend of mine, we went to the library. And I always remember this. Went to the library and I saw a woman there. She was advertising for her book, like a book signing. I said, oh, what's that there? She was like, oh, no, this is my book. I wrote this. I was like, you wrote it? She was like, yeah. And she self-published and she showed me her notebook where she writes, like sometimes she gets ideas and she just writes it down for her next book. I said, that's pretty cool. So I would say the time for when I started this journey, it took me about eight years in total to actually write the book, to have it all published and everything. So it was definitely a labor of love. And definitely I took my time. I was definitely very anal about everything because I wanted it to be perfect. Though I feel like some things in life, especially when you're an artist, it's never going to be perfect. But I just really wanted everyone to enjoy the story. Took me a while, but I'm glad it's done. (laughs) (laughs) I know a lot of readers are going to love this book, and I encourage my listeners right now to go and check this out. The title is Dawn of Transcendence. It's written by Shayla Faulkner, and it's published by Newman Springs Publishing. You can grab it up everywhere, of course, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Shayla, thank you again for coming on the show, telling me about Dawn of Transcendence and what you got coming up. I had a nice time talking with you. Thank you so much. I had a great time, too. Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author J. Kenneth Berger. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm glad to be here. Glad for the opportunity to talk about the book. Well, I have to congratulate you. There's a new book out in stores that you just put out. It's titled Blessings, a narrative on the lives of Marlene Keen Porter, a truly remarkable woman, and Joseph Kenneth Ken Berger, the Miracle Man. So, Ken, tell me about this book. Okay. The cover of Blessings suggests that it's a biography about Marlene Porter and Ken Berger. That's true in that Blessings describes their physical and spiritual lives. However, the true theme of the book is a testimony about our Heavenly Father's grace, power, and love bestowed upon His children, and how He wants an intimate and personal relationship with each of us. Mm. The biographical method of illustrating this presents the reader with examples of God choosing and anointing individuals to serve Him by performing His works in current times. Marlene and I spent our lives together, devoted to each other, and to responding to the call of the Holy Spirit. This book chronicles the numerous and miraculous blessings bestowed upon them during our lifetime. Part one of the book, Why Me, Lord, outlines the Lord's involvement in my life before I was aware of who he really was and that he had a purpose for my life. Part two, Who We Are, is the biographical data on Marlene's and my physical lives, accomplishments, and our service to community and the people around us. Part three, The Answer describes our spirituality and personal relationship with a loving spiritual father, our Abba Father. It also discusses our beliefs and teachings that most will find to be the antithesis of their mainline Christian upbringing. My purpose is not to ask the reader to change their beliefs, only that they care enough to do their own research and form their own conclusions as led by their God. Hmm. Ken, what gave you the idea to sit down and write this? What was your inspiration? I had no intention of writing a book. Hmm. My plan was to just merely chronicle the life of, again, a remarkable woman for our family and friends to know who she really truly was. Hmm. Ken, how long did this take? I could imagine this might have taken you quite a while to put together. 
not really. The actual writing time was probably three to four weeks, but that didn't include hours and hours of research. But then the process of editing and, and the production took about seven months. Mm. And have you ever done anything like this before? Have you ever ventured in the realm of writing books and being published? No, I had no interest in writing a book at all. I merely wanted to, as I say, chronicle about Marlene. I had only in providing information about Marlene. Mm. You know, from there it evolved to include the miraculous life that I was blessed to live. And then with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it morphed into the book Blessings. The writing is mine, and my name's on the cover. But this is not my book. It's the Lord's book. He inspired it. As I had to say, I had no intention of ever writing anything. Mm. Well, being that you've done this for the first time ever, Ken, I imagine you learned an awful lot of things along the way of doing this. So do you have any advice that you could offer to other authors out there who are just starting out? I would say don't let the inexperience and discomfort inhibit your desire to share your thoughts with others. You know, be mm. patient and be somewhat humble and take your creation from manuscript to finished product. I mean, it's a process that takes patience and, as I said, humility. I mean, you need to be able to just take advice from your publishing partner or others around you and, uh, you know, use it in what you're doing. Well, there's nothing like seeing that finished product after all that time and energy you put into writing this and publishing it, Ken. What was that moment like for you when you got to finally hold this book in your hands? You got the first physical copy in. I guess I was just filled with joy and excitement mm. that I had created this tribute to Marlene and to God through this writing experience. I mean, it was, as I say, it was just a joy to me to realize, hey, you were called to do something and you accomplished it, and now you got a finished product that you can share with others. Well, I think a lot of readers will be blessed when they find out about the lives of these truly extraordinary individuals. I certainly hope so. <laughs> it's titled Blessings, a narrative on the lives of Marlene Keen Porter, a truly remarkable woman, and Joseph Kenneth Ken Berger, the Miracle Man. I just wanted to go ahead and add something. I've set up a foundation in the name of Marlene K. Porter, hmm. and all the proceeds from the royalties will be going into that foundation to go to the charities that Marlene and I supported when she was around. Oh, how wonderful. This is written by J. Kenneth Berger, published by Covenant Books, and you can find it everywhere, like on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Ken, I really appreciate you coming on the show with me here tonight and telling me all about this book. I hope we get to talk again soon. I appreciate the, the chance to, to share with you, and I'd look forward to it. The book we're going to talk about here right now says it's time to plant something beautiful. It's called Tiny Seeds, Sowing the Seeds for the Growth of Health, Wealth, and Happiness. This one's written by Sherry Mahoney. I'm delighted that Sherry is sitting right here with me now, and we get to talk all about this book. Sherry, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me here. Can you tell me what readers can expect when they open up Tiny Seeds? Sure. So Tiny Seeds is something I've worked on for a long time, and it was a large collection of stories and life events that I collected through my own life, as well as the clients that I had helped over the years. And I always felt that at some point it would be something that I would sit down and put into a book. And that's how Tiny Seeds came about. There were clients that had come to me year after year and everyone comes in with seeds of ideas of their own. How to buy a house, how to go about having kids and deal with college 
And eventually we get to phases in their lives where they're talking about selling that house and kids are grown and funding education accounts for college for grandkids and things like that. So all these people that had come in with seeds of their ideas, we worked on how to grow those into the lives that they want. And along the way, I planted some of my own seeds, things like, you know, have you thought about something like exiting? You know, what's your exit strategy for your business? The time's passing, you're getting up there. And what do we have for a plan in place? So they came in with their own seeds. I planted some of my seeds. And we put together plans on how to grow those seeds into the life that they wanted. Hmm. Sherry, was this something that took you a long time to write and get published? So in terms of writing it, it probably took about six months once I was committed to actually putting it to paper. The ideas and the notes had taken me probably 10 years of just kind of jotting down things that I thought were pretty interesting and situations that I felt compelled to share because there were so many things. I always think that whatever they're experiencing, they're in it on their own. And what they don't realize is that there's a whole lot of other people out there with the exact same situation. Clients that come in and say, you know, I've got this horrible situation. I haven't filed taxes for five or 10 years. What they don't realize is that there's a whole lot of other people out there in the same situation. And some of them are probably family members or neighbors, but there's a lot of things that we don't talk about. And for me, it was always about making people feel like they weren't alone in whatever they were experiencing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times by sharing stories of other people who had had kind of the same dreams or ideas, it helped them feel that they could also have those things that they wanted in their lives. That's so important. I think often the first step to getting through what you're going through is just knowing you aren't alone, knowing that there are other people who are going through it and who have gone through it before. Right. And people are always surprised when they, you know, they always think they come in with the worst possible story I've ever heard. And it's such an amazing load off of people when I can say, well, no, actually, I'm I'm working (laughs) with some, you know, I've worked with other clients in similar situations. And yes, you know, whatever you have going on seems insurmountable to you, but lots of other people are going through and have gone through the same things. And we just, you know, we tackle it one step at a time. We make a list. We break it down and we say, okay, you know, what can we do to get you some relief? Oh, Sherry, when it comes to writing and when it comes to publishing things like that, is this the first time you've done it? So I've written different articles for publication, never written a book, but it was always something in my lifetime that, you know, I felt like this next chapter of my life and my career would be about writing and sharing Mm. because it would give me the ability to reach a broader number of people. You know, a lot of times when I'm working with clients, you know, we're somewhat isolated and I felt like there was so much information to share and how could I get that out there on a larger scale and writing was kind of the answer to that. Mm. I know a lot of readers are going to be blessed and experience a lot of growth when they read this book. It's titled Tiny Seeds. Sowing the Seeds for the Growth of Health, Wealth, and Happiness. It's written by Sherry Mahoney. It's published by Fulton Books. You can grab it up everywhere. Of course, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and down the street at your local bookstore. Well, Sherry, thank you again for coming on the show, telling me about Tiny Seeds and everything that you got going on. I had a nice time talking with you tonight. Well, and thank you for talking to me. I'm always happy to talk about it. So I enjoy spreading the word about Tiny Seeds. 
Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Chef Hunter Lee. Hunter, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. You know, it's really exciting. You've been publishing books, and your first one is in stores right now. It's called Louisiana, Recipes of a People series, Ben Woods, Shirley Southern. So, Hunter, can you tell me what's in this book? Well, this book, as it says, Louisiana Recipes of a People, this is recipes that I used throughout my early career catering and as a private chef. They're recipes basically from throughout Louisiana. We see so many recipe books here, cookbooks here, that really only focus on South Louisiana, Cajun food, Cajun cuisine. I'm actually from North Louisiana. Hmm. Most of my career was spent in South Louisiana, but I'm back in North Louisiana. And I wanted a book that represented not only me and my family recipes, but also represented the state as a whole, not just your Cajun and Creole, which don't get me wrong, are wonderful. <laughs> but when you get in North Louisiana, a lot, of, a lot of people from a lot of other states don't realize it's very different. Mm. It's more of an old-fashioned Southern cooking. Of course, it blends. They kind of meld together with the Cajun and the Creole. But it's a lot more Southern up here. So I tried to encompass all of that. And with this book, we've got side dishes, family recipes. It's really, it doesn't have a lot of like your cocktail party stuff and all that. I more or less saved that for the second book. This is your family style recipes and your old traditional Southern and Louisiana recipes. Hmm. Hunter, would I have to be a master chef like you to be able to get some of these right? No, not at all. Look. There's a lot of recipes in this book that came from my mom, my grandmother, my great-grandmother. And, of course, there's a lot that I, I created and used throughout my career. But there's some of these recipes that I've cooked as a kid that certainly didn't have any expertise in cooking. That I guess that came much later. These recipes, there's a few that are somewhat complex. But for the most part, these are easy to read, easy to make, easy to find ingredients. Mm. And I'm sure there are countless recipes that you've cooked up over the years, Chef. So how long did it take you to figure out which ones to include in here and then put the whole book together? Well, we started out and I, I, I had a plan of this being a three cookbook series. Mm. And I kind of looked at it that way, that I pulled a lot of my recipes as I was making this first cookbook that I didn't use in it. I used in the second one and some I even held to the third. I tried to do the more traditional recipes, ages old, Louisiana style, Southern style recipes in this one. We can talk about later. I say most of like the cocktail party appetizers, things like that, sauces, dips. I saved a lot of that for the second cookbook. Mm. This is really your Southern guide to cooking, so to speak. This is your family style recipes and all in this first book. Mm. Hunter, have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing a book or doing the whole publishing thing? No, I have not. In my catering days, I owned catering companies in Lafayette, Louisiana, New Orleans, Louisiana, and Lake Charles, Louisiana, and eventually Shreveport, Louisiana when I moved home. Wow. And I was offered a cookbook deal, this particular cookbook deal, years ago. But I sat down and I started writing one night and realized that I had 50 million other things and 20 other places that Hunter needed to be. And I couldn't do it all. And I just had to call him back. And I said, look, even though this is part of my dream, it's just not right now. Mm. And so here I am, 18 years later, I, I was forced to retire with health issues about eight years ago. 
and COVID hit, some family tragedy, things like that. And I was more or less stuck at home. And so I called and I, I spoke with them. I said, hey, think you'd still be interested in a cookbook? They were like, well, yes and no. I mean, we were very interested in it then, but I mean, you've basically been at home and were a nobody for almost a decade. Mm. So we don't know. Send us what you've got. And I sent it to them and she said, it usually takes a couple of weeks, three weeks. You'll hear back from us if we're interested in it. They called back a day and a half later and they said, we want it. And we want everything that follows it. Oh, wow. Well, this book is definitely something I think my listeners should check out, especially if you're into cooking and especially if you're into that great New Orleans food. It's called Louisiana Recipes of a People Series, Benwood's Shirley Southern. This one's written by Chef Hunter Lee and is published by Fulton Books. Of course, you can grab it up anywhere, like at Amazon or at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and, of course, traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Hunter, thank you again for coming on the show and telling me all about this really delicious book. I really appreciate your time. I certainly appreciate you having me. Sitting down with me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Regina Brady Redfeather. Regina, thank you so much for being here with me tonight. Hi, nice to be with you. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here on the show. I just wanted to congratulate you. You have a new book in stores right now. It's called Myosotis, The Bible as an Aid to Character Building. Can you tell me what the book's all about, Regina? Well, the book is something awesome, is what it's about. And it is an aid to character building, and it's through our, our Lord's direction of things that He wants us to do on this earth and how to live. And I thought this would be appropriate to have a guide to show us. It's a basic instruction guide on how to live, and I think we really need that considering what's going on in the times right now. Regina, how did the idea to write this and publish this book come about? So the idea came about from my life, pretty much throughout my life story, but I was always searching for something to help me make it through our situations that we encounter through family and just the bumps and grinds to this life that we have, whether it be grief or drugs or different things. And I started searching in the Bible of um, ways we can help that. And I just started writing down different ways to build our characters, whether it be mental, spiritual, or physical. Hmm. What types of readers, Regina, do you think would be the most into this book? So everybody, everybody, the human race, we, we basically need something to help us to uh, be able to communicate with each other. And from all the verses that are compiled here, it is a character build, and we dearly need to build our characters in order to communicate with each other. And the Bible is, like I said, a great instruction book. So the readers that I'm looking for is everybody, but the ones that are really on my heart are the children. Because they're learning, and we need to teach them the correct way and things how to handle it and to get along, you know. Absolutely. When it comes to writing books and being published, Regina, is this your first time doing this? This is. This is my first time, first author publishing. Congratulations. So did this take you like forever to do, to write and then get published? Well, it took 30 years and it's taken two years to type it out and get it all ready for the publishing company, which is Christian Estates Publishing. Mm-hmm. And they're my publishing company. So it took two years and it came out right after COVID. 
and it was being written during COVID. So it means a lot to me to share with people because they need hope and they need to be able to know where to go to get that hope and help. So Myasota, it's a Greek word and it means forget me not. And we shouldn't forget our Lord because he's not forgetting us. So he's giving us more inspiration to keep going. So Myasota is a good book to pick up and read. You put so much into this book, Regina. So I can imagine, you know, that moment you got the first physical copy of it in. You got to hold this thing, look at it that you've been working on so long. What was that moment like for you? It's finally here. (laughs) (laughs) Before all that, I was thinking it's going to come in God's time, and it came in God's time, and that was my faith, and I stuck to it, and Mm. it made it through, and here it is, and it's here for the world to read, and I'm very awestruck by it because I know God's going to do awesome things with this book. Have you thought about maybe writing and publishing more after this? I truly have. My next book is about the Brady's, and it's about my great-great-grandfather, Sheriff William Brady. He was shot by Billy the Kid. So it's about the uh, Lincoln County Wars, and there's a lot of history there. And it also goes into my grandfather that raised me, which was Chief Redfeather from Knott's Bray Farm. So it's my life with him and my history with him and our family. So that's the next book. Wow, sounds fantastic. Now, I'm sure that you learned a lot along the way of publishing your first book, Regina. So what advice now could you offer to those aspiring authors listening right now? Just keep writing your little storyboards and your lines and keeping them all tucked away. And pretty soon, you know, you sit down and you're ready and you get a hold of a publishing company unless you can do it yourself. But like I said, I went through Christian Faith Publishing and they're outstanding, by the way. I think a lot of readers are going to be thankful for this book and find a lot of hope in it. It's titled Myosotis. The Bible as an Aid to Character Building. It's written by Regina Brady Redfeather. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere, of course, like on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Regina, thank you again for joining me here and telling me all about your story and about this wonderful book. I had a great time talking with you. Thank you so much. Angels all around. A new book just hit stores by author Rick L. Johnson titled, There is a Doorway. I'm really happy that the author, Rick, is right here with me now, and we're going to talk all about it. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Corey. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me what you've written about in There is a Doorway? Well, let's see. It's a book on Revelation that I was in pursuit of for 50 years of my life, trying to get make continuity and understanding of the Bible and the scriptures. And it seemed the harder I was trying, the more I was chasing my tail until I hit a certain stretch where I decided to really roll my sleeves up and just go in and stop waiting for somebody to, to show me. And I, I got into where the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and started revealing the truths like they never were before. And the book just came alive to a point where the zeal it generated, I couldn't contain it. So I had to write the journey in, in the book. What sorts of readers were you writing for here, Rick? Basically, I'm looking for new Christian believers, just Christian curious people. People that are looking for some serious answers to some serious questions, because we do certainly live in serious times. And there was some enlightenment that was revealed that I think would be most helpful to many people. Rick, what was the spark that had made you to decide to sit down and write this book? I basically, once the truths and started lining up and stacking up, and I realized there was a certain continuity that had been eluding me completely before to where I only knew enough really to just be dangerous to myself and chase my tail as far as the scriptures go. 
But it got to the point where constant and daily bathing for two and a half to three years and studying, it just started revealing knowledge and things that had been a mystery for a long time. And I got into the writings of Paul from Romans to Philemon, and the book just came alive. When it comes to writing and publishing, is this your first time in that arena? This certainly is. I had entertained doing it for many years and about three or four other attempts, but this was the one that really moved me to go on. When you got that first physical copy in of There is a Doorway, Rick, what was that moment like for you? Well, I'll tell you, it was a a beautiful moment for certain to see the result of a long-term effort and endeavor that I knew would be most worthy. But I knew the work wasn't quite done, but I have arrived at the desired juncture that I was looking for. Do you think we can expect more from you in the future? I do believe there's My interest was in prophecy years ago, and I probably spent a little too much time on that and didn't stay into the more solid meat of the message. But I've corrected that now, and I I may be able to endeavor a book in one of those directions. Yeah, just the same. I I believe there's enough uh, wealth of material there for me to do it. What advice would you give the aspiring authors, Rick, who are listening to us right now? Well, just basically that they shouldn't enter into it lightly. It's certainly no light matter. And it will take several year-long effort and total commitment. And it can get quite grueling at times. But if you believe in your cause, persevere. When you hit those tough times in your writing, the challenges, maybe the writer's block, how do you get past those things? I was, Corey, I was led by the Holy Spirit. I don't want that to sound corny, but I was led and I had a direction and a purpose. And there was never any gaps for where he wanted me to go. For you, Rick, what's the most rewarding aspect of now being a published author? Being able to have an opportunity to share and spotlight the truth of God's words about the grace of Jesus Christ. Obviously, your relationship with the Lord is what inspires and motivates you in your life, Rick. But do you have people who also inspire and motivate you as well? Oh, certainly. My daughter is very active in the church. Calvary Baptist here in Delaware, and we do a lot of fellowshipping and and study together, and I go and join in on some of their events that they have. I have become ordained as of this year and am looking to launch the ministry, the Ricardo da Vinci Grace Ministry, off of any proceeds that this book might generate. Well, I think readers will be blessed with this book. It's called There is a Doorway. It's written by Rick L. Johnson, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can get it anywhere, like at Amazon or Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Rick, thank you again for joining me here at the show and telling me all about There is a Doorway. I had a really nice time chatting. Hope we can do it again sometime. Thank you so much, Corey. I hope we do, too. I look forward to it. God bless. Joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Doris Rudd Witcher. Doris, thank you so much for joining me here at the show tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I got to say congratulations to you for getting a book out in stores called Gertie. Yes. Doris, can you tell me what readers will find in Gertie? Readers, I hope and I pray that they will find inspiration, encouragement, and when they are discouraged, I want them to find hope that no matter what situation you find yourself in in life, There is a way to look up and trust God and see that if we just surrender to him, we will get to the other side. Mm -hmm. 
I noticed you said this is for children and adults with a childlike heart. So it sounds like a lot of people will be able to enjoy this. Yes. It's my prayer that people won't think that it's only for children. A lot of readers that I've passed the book out to as a test, they initially said, is it for kids? And they didn't think that they would be interested. And so I was happy to point out that there's a child in each one of us. And the things that a child goes through and understands or misunderstands, if they go through life not finding hope and not finding answers, they can grow up to be a lost adult. (laughs) And, you know, some of us are still lost. Some of us adults are lost because we never faced that child that was in us. So I wanted to design the reading to be easy enough for a child to understand but also for the adult to understand that with a childlike heart, you can be helped, you can feel loved, and you can find hope. Hmm. Doris, what was the inspiration for this book? What gave you the idea to sit down and start writing it and then publish it? Well, the inspiration came from just being curious about what type of flag would symbolize the District of Columbia, which is an estate. <laughs> And so then I moved from the flag to try to find out what was the state bird for the District of Columbia. And I said, well, District of Columbia is not a state, so they wouldn't have a state bird. But as I continued to research, I found out that there is an official bird for the District of Columbia called the wood thrush. And when I started reading about the wood thrush, I learned that the wood thrush sings its deepest and most melodious song during the night, in the darkest of the night. Hmm. And when I started thinking about the dark times in my life, I began to relate to Gertie, to the wood thrush, rather. And I started sharing that story. This was back in 2007 when I had this curiosity. And it turns out that a few people were very encouraged as they had been going through some dark periods. And they said, you should put this in writing. (laughs) So that's how it started. Hmm. They said about 2007, did it take you all that time to write it, then put it through that publishing process? No, I actually, well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) In 2007, I put it in writing and I read it to a book club, so to speak, at one of the community colleges. But when I started out, I used an eagle for the story, for the bird. And then, you know, it came to me, eagles don't sing. Then I changed it to the wood thrush, which is a bird. And over the years, I kept just modifying the story, making it a little more refined, so to speak. And during the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, when we started isolating from the general public, so to speak, I pulled the story out again. (laughs) And I said, I might as well make good use of this time. Mm. And I said, I've always dreamed of being a publisher. Why not start here? So 2020 is when it, you know, I started the publishing process. Hmm. Well, this book truly has a beautiful message, and I encourage my listeners to check it out. It's titled Gertie. It's written by Doris Rudd Witcher and is published by Covenant Books. You can find it anywhere, like at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes and also at your local bookshops. Well, Doris, I really had a great time talking with you here tonight. Thank you so much for telling me about this book and about your work. I hope we can talk again soon. It would be my absolute pleasure, and thank you so much again for having me. The Longest Half Inch 
a new look at the relevance of our life's journey. That's the new book written by Russ Seal, and it just hit stores. Russ is sitting with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we get to talk all about it. Russ, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you. Russ, can you tell me all about The Longest Half Inch? It's a spiritual look at our life journey, and it takes us pretty much, you know, from where we're at now until the point where we cross over into eternal life and God's presence. Russ, what kind of readers do you think would get the most out of it? I think anybody that's an adult, probably anyone that has a spiritual inclination to them, they think they would appreciate the look at it. Hmm. And can you tell me what lit the spark for you to write this? What was your inspiration? I'm uh, in my mid-80s right now, so I've been through a bit of life. And as I was going through, I'd make notes, and I kept the notes. And then about a year ago, I decided to gather all those notes together and make them into a book. And that was it. Hmm. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to putting a book together or being published? Nope. This is my first-time adventure. Wow. Russ, congratulations. You know, so many people Thank say, you. someday I'm going to write a book. And then they never do. <laughs> You did it. So that's a huge thing. It's a lot of work, big time investment. Congratulations and kudos to you. Well, it's fun. It's been an experience, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sure you learned an awful lot, Russ. Do you have any advice now? You know, a lot of people listening are authors just starting out. They're early in their journey. What did you learn that maybe you could offer as valuable to them? Well, I think it's all about your relationship with God as you go through life. When you reach the end of life and you cross over into his presence, then he's going to be there to welcome you home. So it's an exciting journey. Enjoy it as you go. Learn as you go. And look forward to what you have coming up. Now, you said this took you about a year to work on before it hit shelves. So what was that moment like, Russ, whenever you finally got to hold the first physical copy in after you've been working on it, you know, probably on the computer all that time? And now you get to hold this thing that you created. What was that like? Well, that was a surprise. <laughs> I never saw my name in print before. It was kind of exciting, and, and I've enjoyed it ever since. And it's been a, kind of a new journey in this point in my life. So for you, now that you are published, you're a published author now, Russ. What's the most rewarding thing to you about that? Probably mostly, like I said earlier, surprise. <laughs> I never expected to be an author. My life journey has been more in the accounting side, and we own the company that wrote software for the clinical systems and the financial systems for nursing home industry for 30 years. So this is an entire different look at what I've been doing. And it's hard to do something like this alone, Russ. Did you have people who knew you were taking this on and they could be there to maybe encourage and motivate you along the way? Nope. Just did it all my own. And my wife was with me, and she's always been a great support in everything that I've done. So that's where my encouragement came from. And her name's Hope, so that gives you a lot of hope. That's perfect. <laughs> and a lot of us writers, sometimes we, we get writer's block. You know, you sit down to write and just, you can't get the words out. You can't get the ideas flowing. Do you battle things like that, Russ, when you write? Uh, no, not really. It just all kind of flowed together. So I guess I missed that part of the writer's block. <laughs> It just came to me, and I credit it all to God. He's the one that prodded me to do it, and I think it's his message as much as mine. And when you were writing, did you have a sort of a routine for it? Did you maybe get up early in the morning and write a little bit, or maybe stay up late at night? Or did you find yourself writing whenever the time and maybe the ideas were coming to you? 
I think probably most of it was in the evening. You know, at my age, you don't get up that early. <laughs> so, but the notes that I made over the course of my lifetime, those happened as whatever the occasion occurred. Well, that's fantastic. I think a lot of readers are going to be blessed by this book. It's titled The Longest Half Inch, A New Look at the Relevance of Our Life's Journey. This is written by Russ Seal and is published by Covenant Books. You can find it everywhere, of course, like on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Russ, it was great having you on the show tonight. I appreciate your being here. It was great learning about The Longest Half Inch and about your life. I enjoyed our time. Okay, well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Being a first-time manager or a leader in an organization can be complex and mind-boggling, to say the least. But Dr. Terry Carter's new book aims to help this. It's titled, How to Succeed as a First-Time Manager. And I'm really happy that Dr. Carter is right here with me now, and we get to talk all about the book. Dr. Carter, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Can you tell me what you've written about and how to succeed as a first-time manager? So, I wrote this book to help first-time managers because I was one of those managers. When I got promoted, I did not know what to do. One day I was a manager and the other day I was a staff nurse. So to navigate the waters, I made a lot of mistakes. And so I wrote the book so that I helped my other managers so that they don't get, uh, they save themselves time hmm. and just to succeed instead of having to navigate the waters that I did. Hmm. Do you think this is the kind of book that would help managers in the business world only or would they help in other types of organizations as well? Well, I, I work in healthcare and I was mainly in healthcare, but the book is uh, helpful for anybody who has one or two people who are reporting to them. So mm -hmm. any industry, because if somebody transitioning from their technical skill or technical expertise to get into the manager role. When it comes to writing and publishing, have you ever done anything like that before? No, I have never done a, I've never, this is my first book published and mm. first I started off as an e-book, then I saw, you know, I was passing it out to the managers that I was mentoring and then I saw, oh, like it could be a book and so uh, it turned out to be a book and it has helped a lot of people because I liked through my own eyes when I was a first-time manager, mm. which I grew. But the book is mainly for first-time managers within their first three years. The main focus is on how to manage the manager's self and how to manage the business of management. Hmm. Now, this is definitely a book a lot of people are going to need. It, did this take you a long time to write and then put through the publishing process? Yes, it took me about writing in bits and pieces, and then it took me about a year or two to complete it. And when you got that first copy in, finally, after all that time and hard work, Dr. Carter, what was that moment like for you when you finally got to hold it in your hands? Well, it was very exciting, and I was actually not, not only excited for me, I was excited for the many managers who will be helped by the book hmm. and who will save themselves time and who will benefit from the book. What are the chances you'll be writing more and publishing more in the future? Well, I'm writing my second book. It's still going to be focused on the first-time managers because, you know, there are a lot of books about management and leadership. Mm. And when I was going through my own struggles, I could not find a book that was specific for the first time. It was mm. all about management, leadership. And when I went to college, when I was doing my leadership and management courses, 
there was a lot of information, but nobody had narrowed it down to the, you know, the first time. You are doing this. How do you separate yourself from your peers? Because you're promoted within your peer group. How do you separate yourself from your peer group? And how do you let, get your peers to be your direct report and still hold that professional relationship? Next, how do you choose other new peer groups? Because, you know, as a manager, you're like a sandwich. You're between the senior leadership and you're also between your team. You cannot go crying to either. You cannot go crying to your team. And then you cannot go crying to your boss. You have to manage yourself. At the same time, manage the other people. You have to manage your team. At the same time, you have to manage your boss. Mm. So how do you navigate that and not feel overwhelmed? I know a lot of people need what's in this book and should check it out. The title is How to Succeed as a First-Time Manager. It's written by Dr. Terry Carter and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Dr. Carter, thank you again for joining me here at the show and telling me all about your work. I had a nice time talking. Thank you so much, and have a good evening. Serenity Lake. It's the new book. It just hit store shelves. It's written by Brian J. Legault, and really happy that Brian's joined me here tonight at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we get to chat all about it. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Corey. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here, Brian. Can you tell me what readers are in store for with Serenity Lake? I say it's written for um, those that enjoy the outdoors, whether it's you know, hunting, hiking, camping, and also for those that have been outdoors, you know, such as even farmers, for that matter, that may or may not have had some really strange encounters or are just interested in you know, cryptids and, and just other things that are just outside of the norm. Mm. And what inspired you? What gave you the idea to sit down and get started writing this book? Well, a lot of it had to do with my own personal life experiences, my own personal demons growing up, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's part of the story as well. And I figured, well, why not touch into something that I don't think is written too much about as far as like a fictional horror type story. Mm-hmm. Now, how long did this one take you to write? Did you battle with things like writer's block or did it come pretty easy to you? There was a little bit of a writer's block, but the total time was really about three years. So it was actually really fast. And I would bring a notebook and a pen into work where I used to work. And on my breaks, I would just write down different ideas, thoughts, and develop the story from there. Is this your first time in the arena of writing and publishing, or have you done this kind of thing before? This is my very first published, but I have written just for fun off and on ever since my sixth grade, way back in the 70s, 80s. What was it like then when you finally got that first hard copy and got to hold it in your hands and look at this thing that you created? Well, I had to say, I was just like a little boy on Christmas Day. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. It was like, wow, this is like so real. So do you think you have more books in you? Do you plan on writing and publishing more? Oh, absolutely. This is actually the first of a planned four-book series hmm. that's going to branch off into other things that's going to create a much bigger world, and, and this uh, rabbit hole is going to get deeper and deeper. Now, Brian, especially when it comes to fiction, are you the kind of writer who kind of starts with an idea or maybe a scene, and then you start writing and see where it goes from there? Or do you have things more outlined out, you know, how things are going to happen? I'd say it's a little bit of both, because it always starts with an idea. 
And sometimes even things like, uh, if I remember a nightmare, I'll jot that down to the best of my recollection as to what I can remember from it. And I draw inspiration from that as far as like a scene. But I also think about an overall concept. Where is it that I want to go ultimately? Where do I want to take the readers on this particular journey? Do I just want to create, you know, just a story or do I want to create something bigger? And I decided I wanted to create something bigger. Mm. So I have future installments outlined as to what my goals are for each one. A lot of people listening right now are novice authors, aspiring authors. They maybe haven't written their first book yet, but they're looking to do that. And Brian, do you have any advice, any encouragement that you could offer them? Oh, absolutely. I say do it. Follow your heart. Mm. Whatever you do, don't give up. Keep working at it. There's going to be days that are going to be really good. There's going to be days that are going to be not so good. But cherish each day and just plug away just a little bit at a time. It will eventually come to fruition and just don't give up. Great advice, Brian. Now, this is a lot of work, a lot of time and energy goes into doing something like this, Brian. So is it all worth it? What's the most rewarding thing for you of all this? For me, it is worth it and it is hard work. I think my biggest enjoyment is knowing that people are enjoying it because I've already had uh, a small group of people that actually uh, read and work and they gave me their feedback and it's absolutely encouraging. And I felt like I was hitting my marks for my first effort. And all I can say is I know I'm going to get better. So it is about giving other people entertainment just to get a little bit of an escapism, possibly even think about different things too at the same time. Brian, this is horror fiction like you were talking about. Is this the kind of thing that you normally take in when you read? Are you a fan of this genre yourself? I used to read a lot of horror back when I was in junior high, but now I'm more into uh, documentaries and esoteric type topics as well as current event type topics. That's why I don't really read a lot of horror, and I haven't for probably close to 10 to 15 years. I think a lot of readers are really going to be into this book, and they should definitely check it out. It's called Serenity Lake. It's written by Brian J. Legault, and it's published by Fulton Books. Of course, you can pick this one up everywhere, like on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Brian, thank you again for joining me here on the show tonight and telling me about your work. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you, Corey, and it was great to talk about this. And just to get the word out is just absolutely fantastic. It is literally a dream come true. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.